Good evening. Thank you all for being here again. This is our last formal Thursday, the last talk of the last year of 2012. And so let me just review a little bit of last year before we begin, or as we begin. First off, we're all still alive. <clears throat> we made it through one more year. We have this life. We're all still sentient. We all can still think. We all have some very good fortune. We all have reasonably well health, healthy bodies. We all are well fed. We all have a place to live, with the exception of Barry, who we're hoping to get into a place to live. We all have pretty good health. Well, enough to be able to get around and to be present, to live active lives. We all have the good fortune to be able to think, to smell, to feel, to hear. This last year, just on those criteria alone, was a great year. Because lots and 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 lots of people did not complete this last year with all of those wonderful attributes. Don't have them this year. We're here because of causes and conditions. Nothing or something does not come from nothing. It's just a basic logical thing. We, you know, out of absolutely nothing, something doesn't come. So this particular life that we have here didn't just come out of nothing. It came out of many, many choices that we've made over the course of the year. Many, many, many choices. Many decision points that we've taken over the course of the year. It came because of causes and conditions that we've responded to over and over and over again. Our particular little temple here is the beneficiary of many, many, many good, much good fortune, many donations. We've got the new Buddha out here from the head of the stairs from Julian David, as well as the tables and couches downstairs. You look in the Jizo room, Mitch has given us a very lovely world-class piece of wooden sculpture he did inside of the, the, the world-class doors that Ben Shook did, that Koto donated. We've got the whole building here has been trimmed and, and is clean and beautiful, well-painted, well-appointed. We've got some other things that are happening with that. We have people here who've been on the board of directors. We have people here, Nan has been doing, Nan and Kishin and Joe Mon have been doing flowers and programming. Kishin's head of the board. Shoki just repaired these lights up here, shining on the altar. I mean, our little temple is the beneficiary of countless numbers of gifts, countless numbers of both physical, material, and immaterial gifts. Alan has cleaned the downstairs. He's been our most educated janitor I've ever known this last year. So this last year has been one of great, great benefit, both us, pers- each of us personally, as well as to our little community. We also, because of all the causes and conditions that we have made, because of the fortuitous circumstances that we have, and they don't come from nowhere, we are not living in a garbage heap. We're not living in jungles. We're not living under a dictatorship. We're not living in a war zone. We're not living without an education. We're not living it as an animal in human form. 
things that we could have that could have happened that could have led us to be criminals. We're not criminals. These kinds of things, again, don't come from nowhere. The foundation of Dharma, the foundation of healthy Dharma for this next year and reviewing this last year is respect, deep respect and appreciation for this life that we have. Deep respect and appreciation for all the causes and conditions that led us to this very fortuitous circumstance. Deep respect for the potential that regardless of our age or circumstance, the potential that we have in this world to offer loving kindness, to offer wisdom, to offer peace, to offer presence, to offer our hands to do the work that only our hands can do. On one hand, one side of things, in Buddhism we talk about that this is an entirely evolutionary process. That we have these good fortunes and the good circumstances because over the course of time we have made choices not to immediately react and kill people who harmed us, not to eat everything that's in front of us, not to, over the course of time, not to give vent to our anger, not to, to lash out. That we've made choices to cultivate loving-kindness or respect, to cultivate education, to cultivate wisdom. As a race, even, we've done that. As a race, as a culture, if you really look at the, the violence inherent in people's lives, if you read, you know, read history and look at people's personal lives, the violence inherent in people's lives was enormous in earlier, earlier eras. Enormous. I was reading one thing about the Middle Ages, and they were talking about for every thousand homicides, only one homicide was ever even followed up. And there were homicides everywhere. The number of homicides on a daily basis in medieval England was huge. Plus the wars, plus the disease, plus... So it's why the average life expectancy was under 30 in that time. So we have these very propitious circumstances, both as a community, as individuals. And so the Dharma begins and recommends this beginning this new year with respect, deep respect, deep appreciation for the whole stream of causes and conditions that led to us being right here, right now. Really, in a way, no matter how we may feel in our despondent moments, in a way we are at a pinnacle of civilization. If you look at the the blessings that we all have. It's quite amazing. And admittedly, we all go through our, our down times and we sort of think, oh, what's the point? This is pretty yucky. But that's only when we are really caught by something inside. If we really take a step back and look at our lives, we have this stream, almost an endless stream of benefit coming towards us. 
So the foundation of Dharma practice is this appreciation. Now one practice which most everybody here has done and heard about at least is the practice of loving kindness. Metta practice, the practice of loving kindness, is actually an equality meditation. It's a meditation that is not just, you know, sometimes we can use it in opposition to that inner critical voice, that, that hating voice. And that's a useful, useful tool. But the real deep loving kindness meditation is a meditation of viewing the whole interconnected web, viewing the whole of our life, viewing the whole of our world with a mind of loving kindness, with a mind that views it all equally, with a mind that has, has substance, that has stability, that has a large view, that's able to see below the surface of things, that's able to see that all beings want to be happy. Nobody wants to suffer. And to see the desperate straits that people get into, and with that large view, to see them with an eye of wisdom, an eye of compassion. Starting, of course, right here. Now, I was reading... um, Book. I was reading some some Bajana text, and they were saying, "You can you cannot prove that you are ever inadequate." That was an interesting thing. You can't prove that you're inadequate. Now we all tend to think that we somehow are inadequate in some ways, or we have this fixed idea about you know I am incapable of visualizing, or I am incapable of this, or I can't do that, or I have these fixed ideas. But in a way, we can't prove that we can't do something. We can't prove it's something that is human, that there is something within us. We can't prove that the bodhisattva mind, the mind of great, deep, infinite wisdom, we can't prove that doesn't exist here. We can't prove that, that this infinite compassion capacity for compassion does not exist right here. We can't prove it doesn't. And so part of this process is to open ourselves to the possibility that in this life, in this moment, in this next year, this boundless possibility is able to be cultivated. On the other hand, we can't prove that we're inadequate. We can make invidious comparisons, of course. Say, I'm not like that person over there. Because in my mind, that's better and this is worse. But if we really look objectively at things, if we really take a step back and really look objectively at the world, the nature of the world, the nature of human beings, you know, we just are who we are with our particular struggles, our particular issues. The aspiration that is a natural aspiration for each person in this coming year is the aspiration to be, to not suffer. We add a spin to that to say to, to cultivate, to be the very best person we can be, to grow the very best person we can grow. Because nothing comes out of nothing. And what we, the direction we grow in comes out of all of our choices. It comes out of this deep respect for our life, comes out of the awareness of our unknown capacity 
It comes out of the choice to cultivate over and over and over again what we'd like to cultivate, what we'd like to grow. It doesn't mean that we're going to have a good time or a bad time. That has, that's nothing to do with it. It means regardless of the weather, regardless of what kind of soil we're in, we're going to grow the very best person we can grow. We're going to grow the very best heart we can grow. We're going to grow the wisest mind that we can grow. And our potential is unknown. Our potential for wisdom, for compassion, is not based upon the story we have about our life. It's not based upon what's already been done. The potential we have, wisdom itself, can come from anything. There's actually a sutra which I've been reading. I'm not sure it's a... Anyhow, it's a, it's a teaching. <clears throat> and it's called something like the Sutra of Sharp Weapons. And basically, it, it basically says that no matter how difficult things are that come towards you, we have the capacity to find a greater and greater wisdom. That if we're in a really difficult situation, the challenge to find wisdom is very high, but the wisdom that can be found in a really difficult situation is very big. That when we're really having a, a, an uncomfortable time, when things aren't going well, and we find the wisdom that is bigger than that uncomfortable time, we find the compassion that's bigger than that uncomfortable time, then our wisdom and our compassion grow commensurately with our difficulties. That our difficulties themselves become the source for our growth. So in looking at this last year, in looking at our little temple, our little community, our little sangha, everyone, has grown in wisdom. Everyone knows more about the heart of compassion. Everyone has touched a little bit of their great potential. And in this next year, as we turn our mind to what is real, as we turn our mind to what is fundamental, as we open our awareness beyond our fixed ideas about who we are and how the world should be, who knows what will come forward? Who knows what situations we'll have to allow the compassionate heart to grow? One of the elements of wisdom, of course, is just the nature of really acknowledging the nature of the world. The nature of the world is it arises, exists, and passes away. Everything does. Big, tall buildings arise, exist, and pass away. Oceans arise, exist, and pass away. Everything arises, exists, and pass away. Railroads, cars, governments. And we don't know how or when those things are going to pass away. We all are going to die. We just don't know how or when that's going to happen. And maybe when we're 80, 8, lying in bed peacefully. It may be when we're you know, exactly the age we are now and something violent happens. We don't know. The foundation of Dharma is to have a healthy respect and a healthy life. Given that we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know how long our life is, then we say, how can I live this life, this moment, this awareness that I have, how can I live this to the fullest? How can I be the most alive right here? How can I cultivate the very best 
in me. We've had a couple of people who are at uh, postulants for ordination up at the monastery. And um, I keep saying to them, if you can find a better, play, a better way to live, go live it. If you can find a better way to live, do that. And that's true for all of us. If we can find a better way to be in the world, go do it. If we can find a better place to live, we can find a better situation, if we can find something better, we should live the very, very best we can. But hopefully we're not deceived by the advertising about what the best is. We really are looking with our hearts at what is the best way for me to cultivate the deepest, biggest, brightest, widest mind. One of the... um, Practices of loving kindness I mentioned earlier is this practice of equality of all things. So let's just take just a second and look at what that means. So if you turn, you close your eyes and you turn your eye inward, you turn your awareness inward, and you look, look at what's inside, what you experience, whatever inside means to you. With the Dharma eye, we look at that with the mind of equality, it's all one substance, one essence. It all, even though there are differences of left or right or light or dark, it all has one flavor. To let go of the mind that says the tingling in that area is worse than the warmth in this area but to look inside with your mind's eye, to allow your awareness to become big, your judgmental mind to relax, and to experience and feel the sensation in the face, the head, the chest, the back, the abdomen, the buttocks, the legs all breathing and moving without you doing to do anything at all except be aware of it with a mind of equality, of evenness. And now we open our eyes and look at this room resting with unfocused awareness of this room the bodies of people, the lights, the floor. And with a mind that is not busy judging who we like and don't like, to hold the awareness of this whole room simultaneously with a mind that sees it all evenly, warmly, Kindly. You relax inside, relax outside. The body be breathed. We hold our awareness. (laughs) 
evenly, with warmth. All these people, all this wood, all this light, When we do zazen, we do meditation, it's this mind of evenness that embraces everything is the foundation for zazen. But we have to live our life with other elements as well. We have to live our life with the intention We take this even mind and then from the depths of our heart we look at the heart's aspiration. And from this even, equanimitous, calm mind which has a foundation of love. Out of that If we know what we need to do in this life, we affirm that. We vow to complete it. If we are not sure what we need to do in this life, what we're called to do in this life, then we simply affirm that we want to be the very, cultivate the very best we can. That that's our vow, is regardless of how many potholes, how many trees we run into, how many cars we have accidents with. We vow out of the depth of our own being to bring forth the best we can in this life, with this body. Out of the great mysterious source of our own nature. May everyone benefit from this life. May you benefit from this life. May your families benefit. May those you encounter casually, may those you encounter intensively, may those you have a very difficult time, may everyone benefit from the wisdom, from the compassion that is your foundation. May that come forth in a skillful way. May you leave a wake of light, of stability and harmony as you pass. And of course, we do this moment by moment, step by step, this breath by this breath. Please appreciate this last year. Please appreciate the enormous blessings of this last year. And then please also 
step forward into this new year. with wonder at the ineffable potential, with confidence at the mysterious capacity, with determination to bring forth in this world where so many people are bringing forth anger and hatred and revenge, with determination to bring forth a different truth. <laughs>